What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 207, you heard that right, episode 207 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Today's show, Pierre of Through the Wire returns to the show, always great talking basketball with Pierre. We discussed my top five NBA players of all time list, which got a lot of backlash on Instagram. We also discussed NBA 2K, analytics, some draft talk, and much more. Just a great conversation with Pierre. Can't wait for you all to hear it. Everybody, go rate and review the show on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combos Court. You could find Pierre on Instagram at Plug. That's P-E-E-W-E-E-D-A-P-L-U-G-H-O-H. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, intro music by Luca Beats, let's get into it. crowd today mcdonald's all-american jersey what else we got back there house of highlights cup is that is that mj secret stuff yes that is yeah i could tell from here i could tell from here pierre through the wire welcome back to combos court how you feeling today what's going on bro i feel good man i'm happy to be here i'm always happy to see you we have some of the greatest talks and we call a lot of stuff so i'm i'm interested to see what we're gonna call for the off season oh man they're, they're not they're not happy with my uh they're not happy with my top five list, man. The people are not happy, bro. I'm not. I'm one of the people that's not. I, you know, I, I don't have that big of a problem, but I just think here's my theory, right? So what do they say about Kobe? He is the closest thing to who? MJ. Right. So I think if he's that close to MJ, how can we have MJ in the top five and Kobe's not if he's literally the nexus thing that we've ever seen to him? Literally, it ain't like he's just the closest we've seen and he has like one ring. Like he has five. <laughs> he's a he's an MVP. He's like broken records. He's Kobe Bryant. So how is he not in the top five? He, he's one of the greatest for sure. I mean, I think there's people more of the Michael Jordan archetype than LeBron, that LeBron is better than them, right? Like Kawhi is kind of like that. I mean, there was a bunch of players we compared to MJ that there's players that are just better than them. Obviously, Kobe is an all-time great, and I'm not saying he's one of them, but I think just because I think he just because you're not from that archetype doesn't mean that you can't be better than somebody that is, right? No, without a doubt. But if we're calling that one, Jordan, if he's that that great there, it can't be that big of a gap if he's literally the twin of the quote-unquote greatest, which I know you have LeBron one. But, you know, like, and it's not even really for you because I, I, I'm assuming that if you don't have Kobe five, you probably have him seventh. Yeah, but yeah, there yeah. are some people that I've literally heard say that there's no way in hell Kobe could be in fifth. No, well, first of all, there, there's so many people you could put five, right? Because I think the top three are pretty solidified, right? Here's my thing. I think LeBron, Jordan, Kareem are pretty solidified. 
And the only and, reason, and the only reason Kareem is definitely three is because he can't initiate offense, in my opinion. Yeah, that's really it. Like, I don't see how you don't have those three in the top three. Would you agree? Um, I mean, I, I can see how Kareem, uh, not yeah, Kareem could slip because again, he's a he's big. So I can see how somebody would put Kobe over him. Like for me personally, Kareem, like I, those three, I think should be in everybody's. Like right. you're definitely gonna have Kobe. I mean, you're definitely gonna have Jordan. You're definitely gonna have LeBron, and you're definitely gonna have Kareem. Like that is without even going. That's to start. Then for me, I think Kobe is in there, and then I think, like you said, the fifth is a revolving door. So I think you have Bird. Um, you also have Wilt. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I had Wilt. I mean, look, Wilt, Wilt was thirty and twenty, and 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 led the league in assists one year. I know he doesn't have the championships to some of those other guys, but. Man, he was dominant. Yeah, and I seen some other people have magic. Yeah, so it's like you can't it's be mad at magic. Exactly. So the thing with Bird and Magic is, I mean, they're really close. But I'd say Burke, Bird's peak is higher, but Magic's longevity was better. That's what I think. Magic definitely has longevity. I got yeah. Hakeem. I got Hakeem in mind. That's I mean, crazy. That's yeah. that's one. That's one. And and I I thought I was higher on Hakeem than most. So. I don't know if I'd have him. I don't know if I'd have him over Bill or Wilt. I got him to talk about guys. Uh, and one is Jordan going to play baseball, cool, whatever. But then when you talk about players who won um, MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same year, I mean, he's one of those guys. I, I just think that Akeem Elijah Wan is like, even if you just look outside of stats and cat, like, he is a problem. We talk about like Shaq even talks about him being. The dude that always made him feel like, oh, my gosh. And we know Shaq was the do most dominant of all time. So if you're giving the most dominant a headache, I mean, that's, that just speaks value. And he played in a time where it was one of the most balanced, big, like at the time, that we've never seen the big position be stacked in kind of the 90s era. That's when teams felt like they needed a big to win. Like Jordan winning was kind of groundbreaking because before that, you had to build around Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, for him to do that against, you know, other great bigs, look at his great. So now no player can control their era and who they played against. But, I mean, besides those two, they were kind of, you know, it was just like they were just having their way, which is why Wilt put up the numbers he, he put up, essentially, because it was just like no, there was like nobody even in his, his caliber to even like on a night-by-night -night basis compete with. That's yeah. just my theory. Yeah, to your point, I mean, Akeem probably had the most competition in terms of depth. And those 90s big men were good. I mean, mm -hmm. you had Ewing, you had Robinson. I mean, Duncan was kind of in there, but early. Um, mm -hmm. You had a bunch of others. Who am I missing? I'm missing Alonzo Mourning. Um, there was just a whole oh, bunch of that we're forget. Like, when you just said Alonzo Mourning, I was like, oh, damn, yeah, Alonzo Mourning. Like, we're going to forget some because it was that many. Yeah, for sure. Pierre, we don't talk about 2K much here, but you're here, so I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk about it with you. First of all, what happened with Live, bro? When did it go wrong for them? Where did it go wrong for them? I'll be honest with you. I've never been a Live guy ever. Um, okay. I will say it was one Live. I think it was was it, it was either 04 or 05. Kid was on a cover. Um, and I was like, oh, I kind of want that game. And like, I remember, like, you know, this is before the internet. I know we sound like dinosaurs to some of people, some of my fans. They're they're younger. Yeah. So like this is when you would have a cousin or a friend, and they would bring their game <laughs> to your house because there right. was no online. And yeah, so like I grew up in a two K world. I played every two K that's ever been created. 
since the oh, very Oh, so wait, time. wait. Because I played 2K on Dreamcast. Did you play 2K on Dreamcast? I got you. That's how you know. Yeah, Dreamcast. Yo. And Allen Iverson was on the cover. He didn't have a team. Alley-oop Central in that game. Yes, if it, was a, it was a controller. Um, my dad introduced me to that, the current 2K. Every single year uh, I've played 2K, which is now, what, 21 years now. And I've always been 2K. Uh, that one live year was was like, oh, that game looked cool. Because, of course, you always want what you don't have. So I didn't have live. So it was like, oh, the game looks cool. But 2K has always been it for me. I've always been 2K over live. So I can't tell you like when, where, or when, where, or how live went wrong because I've always been 2K. Got you. What do you make of 2K ratings? Like, are are they usually accurate? And what are the ones that are there ones that frustrate you, or do you think they're pretty accurate? And on top of that, do you think we could ever ever have a metric in real basketball, like a one number metric for players that would be accurate? Um, I'll tell you this: in previous 2Ks, they were as accurate as as can be. I think they did a very good job. But I think the online, uh, what do you call it? The online uh, programming of like the neighborhood, my career, it's blown up so much to focus. Like my 2K days of like 2K8, 2K9, like where the basis of the game was, hey, I'm going to have friends over or cousins or uh, my siblings and we're going to play head to head on the game together. Or... You play franchise, and that was pretty much it. But now there's so much. You have my team. You have uh, the my career building a player. You play. That's where the emphasis is. So I think more that they've expanded the game has grown the game, but the tension has kind of gone off the attributes. So like this year, the attributes are just are just disgustingly bad, disgustingly bad. And I and as for me, I'm a I'm a guy who plays 2K, and I like to team build. And in order to team build realistically and kind of put your GM hat on, you have to be able to find gems, like steals. But you can't find them because the, the low-key guys in the league who do good things here and there, they don't do it on 2K because they don't have the attributes right. Who's making, who, who's deciding this? I have no idea. I have no idea who's the, the, the one guy that we should blame. But, I mean, Ronnie 2K is the face of it, so I think we just throw everything at Ronnie. But as far as who's the direct guy, I don't know. Um, but I, I was thinking about this. I'm glad you asked that or even brought it up because if I was 2K, I would I would contact uh, guys like your thinking basketball guy. I forget his name, but you said you Taylor. Him, I, I and I use a guy from Basketball Index. I, I use Basketball Index. I don't know if you heard of them. Uh, there's a guy I can't pronounce his name or I forget his name. But those guys who are doing those type of things, 2K should collaborate with them because yes. they are. They're, accurate on exactly what they're looking at and they know exactly where a guy shoots like they would have it to a t it would be scary how accurate they would have it in my opinion i think those kind of guys are always looking for like a one number metric in reality but they know it's very difficult for that to happen you know what i mean so you want like one number fits this player like he's a 97 like yeah that is hard. That, i mean that would be ideal is it realistic? Maybe not, but I think that would be ideal for everybody because the whole point of stats is making it as simple as possible, but while being accurate. So do you mean for like each category or you mean just like his overall rating, the player? Yeah, well, you could, yeah, for each category and overall, like just have, cause that's so simple. That's something everybody could understand. It just might not be realistic. Like, I think that's the goal for a lot of, like as much as people want to bash analytic guys, I think their goal is to be able to 
read something in the simplest way possible. If that, if that's the right, you know, like that's the point of it. Yeah. But see, it's funny that that's the point of it because what it does is the, and I'm fine analytics. We've had this conversation. Like I get it. But my thing is basketball is so simple that analytics, which is trying to make it as read things as simple as it can be, makes the game complex. No, I was just saying, like, like if we're if if basketball is so simple, like if you look at like, for example, if I pull up for you a, a sheet of analytic information, and I just pointed at this screen right now, which I probably could do when you're giving your point, I could pull it up in like three thirty seconds. It's not going to be so simple, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to grasp and understand it, which makes it complicated. Over time, it may be simple to you, but that, that, but you're also Convo's court. You're not a regular Joe Schmo, which is who the <laughs> game is, is trying to be appealed to, right? Which is why we have morning shows where they're talking about Jordan versus Kobe. I mean, Jordan versus LeBron yeah. for 364 days of the year. <laughs> I definitely enjoy the more in-depth analysis. But so I think also the thing that people are missing about analytics is the eye test is where I come from, a, a player's perspective. But there's things over time we cannot see, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot see without analytics. Like it, we got to be able to study things over a year's a year's time. We need numbers, right? You, you, you're going right. Yeah, like there's things that basic. Basically, there's things that the eye can't catch. Yeah, over time. A doubt. So if I am your analytic guy and you're the player combo, there's only so much that I can tell you because I can say that the number represents this. But then you're saying, yeah, I understand that, but they're not letting me get that. Like that, like it's easy to say, hey, just shoot threes and layups. The Houston Rockets, shoot threes and layups. Um, obviously, if you have to take a mid-range shot, take it. Like I think you make a good point, and I hear you say that a lot. Like a lot of people act like analytic guys are just trying to say, hey, whatever you do, don't take a mid-range shot, which we yeah. both can agree. That's not the premise. They're not saying, you know, at all costs, don't take a mid-range shot. Yeah, if, you if you have an open layup, take it. Right. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like it's just easier said than done. And I think that's why we see a team like the Rockets, who their entire existence is built off was kind of built off analytic. And now they're kind of in a situation where it's just there's a certain level as a balance. It's a balance. You know what I mean? There it has to be a balance. Yeah, speak speaking of Houston, um Daryl Moore, he's he's gone, man. It's it's kind of crazy. And uh, it's funny because my friend tagged me, like, look at analytics. Like, you know, they got rid of Maury, no mid-range. Like, they started going crazy. But, I mean, he was there for 13 years, and you cannot deny he changed the way somewhat how basketball is played. I would say the three things that changed the way the modern game is played is probably overseas the European game, Steph Curry, and analytics. Like, I think that's the way the modern NBA – game is just it's just the way it is now but the lakers are more versatile so maybe we'll see a shift away from that dealing with them because usually it's a copycat league and we just copy the best team but what do you make what do you make of all that uh first and foremost i agree with um those three things kind of shaping what the nba is yeah i'm I'm, I'm more going to lean that on to uh first steph curry the shooting is just that's that and second i think yeah the european style and just uh, accepting that they can play basketball um, it's, it's changed the league. Because you remember, you know, uh, I know I'm not I'm, – I'm a young guy, but I've, I've been watching and studying the game for a long time. 
and I, I'm fully aware of when like European players were were like you take a European player in the top ten, and it was like, are they sure they want to do that? Like, but now you see Lucas, Nikola Jokic is like, um, it, it's becoming a thing. Like we have building blocks; those are names like the the faces of the franchises right now. Kristaps Porzingis; these are all star like future. Giannis is an MVP of the league two times, so. It's getting accepted. So I think accepting that has changed the game. But then, yeah, analytics. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the Daryl Morey thing, listen, I'm, I'm going to just keep it honest. If you were my agent and I was James Harden, we would be having a conversation about me requesting a trade. Because a, tra- a trade a trade might be bo- might be good for both parties. Yes. Because the Rockets are at the point they might need to blow it up. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that first day Tony, they part ways, he leaves. Um, and then, yeah, Daryl Moore, he leaves. And it's like they just left it in a mess to where Houston is stuck. And I agree with you. Um, I actually did a video that it happened saying, like, yeah, it would be best for both parties because in a position to where it's not that much more better they can get. Because, like, if we're being honest, you trade Russell Westbrook, you're not bringing back anybody that's changing the entire dynamic of that team. They've fully invested in this small ball thing that has shown it, it, it could only get so far. So where do you go from here? Probably hard reset, right? Yeah, I don't think there's another choice. I mean, either look. So here's what it is. Uh, do you think? Are you confident in your team that they can win a championship this year or even be a contender? Like that's what it all comes down to. If you're not this year, it's only not it, the chances aren't going to get better, and then you yeah. might as well blow it up. Like that's just what it is. And I'm a guy. I'm a believer that the sooner you do it, the better the outcome could be. Oh, you're not, yeah, you're, you're, not teams, you're not only a believer, you're absolutely right. Like, that's just right. the truth. That's just the way it is. You know, a lot of franchises try to wait, though. Let's try to straggle around. I never understand it. Like Atlanta, for years, when they had Horford, T, Johnson, Corver, Millsap, they were just solid. They never, in my eyes, like, was like a championship threat. So it's like, but they were okay with being like, we're just happy to kind of be here around for some years. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's how teams get stuck. I hate the stuck phase. We either suck or we're contending or we're up and coming. But we're not going to just be like that good, solid team for seven years. No. Especially Jeez. you got a K Cunningham coming in next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he might have been number one this year. But to your this point, year. and uh, we were talking – this is funny because this all goes full circle to our conversation about Giannis and AD, right? We always thought AD was better. Yep. Then David Thorpe was on my show and he was just talking about how much value it is to an NBA franchise to have a great regular season player and make your team a 50 win team or even more because it just keeps fans in the seats. I think we're only looking at it from a competitive standpoint. So there really is a lot of value in keeping that team somewhat in the middle, right? Because I mean, having James Harden on the team is going to bring fans in, keeping them at 50 wins. I don't even know if they'll win that in the West. I Mm -hmm. I think they will. Uh, I hope they will, but I mean, I guess there is value for the owner in that, and that's why they keep it. That's why it sometimes those teams linger in the middle for so long. I agree, but you know what's more valuable to the owner? Going deep in the playoffs. That's when the tickets go up. So yeah, so basically, you're saying an owner has to take a step backwards to take two steps forward. You have to. That's just the reality of life, right? Like, there's no shortcuts to anything. So I mean, you're going to rebuild at some point. We just agreed that, like, even yeah. if they tried to be cool for the next two to three years, then you would have to rebuild. So the sooner you do it, you just get it over with. You know what I mean? Fans, the, the more 
because me and you have jobs now and it's not just big platforms, fans can now see tea leaves. They, it, it won't be shocking anymore. They can already see the direction because it, it's podcasts and there's more people who are talking about the actual stuff and not just LeBron and Mike. And fans are listening to guys like me and you on our podcast and they're, they're hearing these things and they're seeing like, hmm. I, so I think it's not like 2003 where you suck and uh, your fans just don't come. They see ah. fans are invested too. They know what's going on. They know who Kay Cunningham is now. It's the internet. We're in a new day and age where they see the investment. That's why the Philadelphia was so so much behind Sam Hinkie because they knew this is going to pay off. Eventually, yeah. this is going to work. Are you surprised? I mean, you're young. You're the demographic. The demographic of your listenership is, is what age? Uh, probably 18, 19. Uh, but the more and more we grow, like I, I, what year? This maybe we may be going to year four or five. Uh, maybe this is year four we're heading into. The more and more we go, the more older. Like when we first started, I was like, oh, we they grew, have- the, the audience grew with you. Yeah. But like, but oh, not 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 only did they grow with us. Like, I started seeing older gentlemen. Like, cause I I respond to people. I talk to the fans and the viewers. And yeah, so, yeah, definitely. So I started to see like, oh, like this guy has a a family. He's older than me. When we first started, it just felt like I was talking to 13, 12 year olds. Then out of nowhere, we started. Yeah, like the more and more we grow, our fans do grow with us. But then I start seeing a, a, a age jump to where like. I'll see fans. I've seen a couple guys that hit me up and they're older than me. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's definitely gotten older. So I'll, I'll just say 19 though, like a 19 year old type age. Yeah. Are you surprised by how knowledgeable that age group is now for the reason you were just talking about? No, no, because <laughs> some of them still say things to me that makes me say, Keep listening to the podcast so we can grow that 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 knowledge of yours. Because when I get impressed, <laughs> it's like what we talk about. Like we'll take two steps forward. Like okay, these guys know. And then I'll get like a DM like the other day, and I have that relationship with a lot of our supporters. Well, I, I just I tell it how it is. We don't sugarcoat anything. I'm just like we're just gonna keep it real. That's how that's how you get better is when people keep it real. Like I, I put out there like yo. I think James Harden should request a trade. Like that should happen. Fans start sending me these trade packages, and they're just there. I'm like, bro, are y'all serious? Josh Kogi, Jared Culver, and a first for James Harden since when? Since when is James Harden valued that low? Are we serious right now? And yeah. I got people telling me, P, I think, I think you're, I think you're overvaluing Harden. Like what? Do you, yeah. Do you feel that way about the Bradley Beal talk? Because like none of these things seem to make sense for the Wizards. Like it makes sense for everybody else. The only one I've heard was the Lakers. And my home, I just uh, came from downtown Chicago. I had to yeah. make a run. And my homie was like, you heard Lakers with Bill? I'm like, how would they get Bill? How would they get Bill? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I was just actually on a uh, shout out to, Lock, to Locked on Wizards. Uh, I was on Renee's podcast. Shout out to her. But she told me, I think it was the Clippers as and well. And, and, we, and we were actually, and she was on my pod. I don't remember which one we were talking about this. It was either mine or hers. But she was just talking about how like, there, yeah, there's a lot of trade talks, but I was like, do any of them make sense for the for the Wizards? Biggest component. The Wizards have to be willing to trade them. And it's yeah. like everybody makes up these trade scenarios where it's like the other team that has to give up player, it's just they don't even think about them. Like, oh, yeah, we could just give the, the, the Rockets Jared Culver and they'll just be fine with that. Like, like come on now. Yeah, yeah. Bradley Beal. I don't know how you move Bradley Beal. Yeah, I don't know either. But I like the return of John Wall, man. I'm, I'm a big proponent of John Wall's game. I like his game. I like his game. But I wanted to ask you about this, Pierre. Uh, what do you make of what's coming out 
of LA with the Kawhi. Just, it's like, have you heard? Have you heard what they're talking? Like, they're not happy. Yeah. They're not happy yeah. there. It's, it's interesting how that, in, that didn't come out all year. And now we're here and, and they're talking about that. But we kind of had an idea about their chemistry just by the way they played. And there was always a lot of reports that they didn't even want to be in the bubble. Like, that's what it seemed like. You know, me and you think the same because I, I was saying the same thing when they lost and they was talking about, like, the reports came out that Paul George gave a speech and certain players, like, rolled their eyes at it. And my, my reaction is the same when you're having. Where is this coming from? Like, how do we know this information? Why all of a sudden is all of this stuff coming out of L.A.? Yeah. Um, so it's weird. You know, it's weird. And I, I was preaching that on my podcast. So when this news came out, a fan of mine said it. Like basically the same thing. It's like, who's talking in this locker room? Like, why do we know so much all of a sudden about everything that's going on with the Clippers? Um, you know, I like it. And this is why I like it. Because if, if, if that's really real and that's what's going on, if I'm Paul George and I'm Kawhi, I say, that's fine. You know what? Let them all go. Let them all go. Lou Will, bye. Tr- Montrez, see you later. Marcus Morris, kick rocks. And I love I love some of these players I'm talking about, too. Yeah, me too. But the funny thing is, those guys don't really fit. With, That's with- what I'm saying. Yeah. So let them go anyway. Yeah. Lou Will, a bucket. A pure bucket. Yeah. When he's not scoring for the Clippers who have Hall, George, and Kawhi, what else is he doing? Yeah, what is he going to space the floor for them and play lockdown defense? I mean... Right. So, no. Montrez <laughs> Harrell, we saw he was damn near unplayable. He kind of got... Doc fired. They didn't like the fact that Doc kept playing him when he shouldn't have been playing him. It's cool. Let him go. I, I like he's going to want money as well. And you already are paying Kawhi and Paul George. Let him go. Uh, Mark, Mark, Marcus Morris. I love Marcus Morris. He was great with the Celtics. And I think he got used to being the guy in New York. So they call him a ball stopper now, which I don't think compliments Paul George Kawhi because yeah, you want to generate that offense with them. So I, I, I literally, if I'm Paul George, Kawhi, especially Kawhi, somebody that probably has more sane power or, you know, a guy that can demand things, man, let them all go. Because I really think the duo of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard could carry the weight for you if you put the right pieces around. I don't think you need too much power around them. Do you give them a DJ Augustine type point guard? Team guys. You need team guys. Team guys who are willing to play defense and accept their role and they could go and win a championship. Yeah, I think they're going to be better next year. I do this too, year. especially if you let those guys go. If that's real, that's if that's real. If none of them, if that's not real and they all cool and tight, they're cool. But some some of them have to go. I don't think you can bring them all back. That whole we got dogs in the locker room. That shit, I'm not. I ain't with that. Dude, what do you make of like when everybody was saying? Speaking of that, like Kawhi's a killer. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's better than LeBron. He's a killer. Like we see now, though. Like how much of a killer was he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that was the argument. Like over LeBron. Like LeBron's not a killer, and Kawhi is a killer. It was just, I was just like, come on, guys, come on, get it together. Get if that's a killer, then I have to give me LeBron because I mean the game seven performance. A lot of that, a lot of the Nuggets series I put on Kawhi. They try to put it on Paul George. I put it on Kawhi. Paul George stunk it up against the Mavericks. Would they survive? But I think for Kawhi to be quote unquote better than LeBron James and that star status guy that they were making him out to be, for him to have the game seven that he had is is truly unacceptable. And then yeah. earlier in that series, he had a four for seventeen game. We had thirteen points. Unacceptable. So. Um, I like Kawhi, but I just don't think he's on LeBron James level, and you won't be able to convince me that. 
Uh, yeah, we've been saying that for a long time, Pete. Yeah. What would you What would you like from the bubble? What did you like from the bubble that you think they should take next year, even when the fans come back? You know, um, I, I like I like the tournament play, but my thing about that is just that it needs to be an incentive. Like the NBA have been having that tournament conversation for a while, but the hardest part about it is you have to make it to where it's something worth playing for. They were trying to say like have a preseason, like a pre uh, start of the year tournament, but it's like who's gonna really wake up for that lebron james will probably sit that out right so then they were talking about having a mid-year turning lebron james will probably sit that out so we have to figure out how to get lucrative right because the teams and players want the championship they could care less about a middle of the year tournament award like imagine that oh man i yeah uh a is combos court we got two-time mid uh mid-season mvp Pierre and Dre, like nobody would care about that. Are we really going to put that on somebody's resume? So we have to find a way to create a tournament format and, and make it look, you know what I'll say? Perfect. The play-in. The play-in yeah, is something I like that you can do for the lower seeds, eight, nine, because it's always going to be kind of close, especially out West. Make it a play-in. Make it a play-in. I, I think the idea was that they want to lessen the regular season and add a play-in. I like that one. Whoa, I, that one's nice. That yeah. one's nice. Yeah. But but then it makes me hard to think of that because, you know, when you lessen the season, that now makes it less likely for guys to reach milestones and records. Yeah, that's – see, the traditionalist in me, I'm always, I'm always about the modern game and pushing things forward. But that's where the tr- – like, in terms of records and, and all that stuff, that kind of, like – like totals and all that stuff, it kind of changes yep. everything, right? I guess like LeBron gets less chances to catch Kareem, right? The more season he plays, yep. all that stuff. So, and then it's like how much if we're playing, if we short it to 50 games, is he really a 40? Is, is somebody really a 40 percent three point shooter now? Because it was always because now you're lessening it to 30 games. We might see guys shoot 50 percent from the three, you know yeah. what I mean? Like. Like the average is like, is he really like that? Like if somebody's averaging a triple double in 50 games, it's like there was 30 games where he might've not gotten it. That could have affected it. So it's just so much that goes. And speaking of owners, our last conversation, they have to shorten up their revenue. That's 30 games that they're missing from ticket sales and concessions. Speaking of owners and decision makers and all that, like, let's say if you were a decision maker, do you, do you take what you saw in the bubble and move off your prior opinions when you're thick, I mean, you're a team builder. You do it on uh, t- on 2K all the time, Pierre. So I am talk, a team builder. So talk to me. Do you take these bubble performances, move off your prior opinions of these players? Because I don't know if you should, because this was a totally different situation with no fans. So, so do you move off your priors? Like, like talk to me. Yes, I'm moving off my priors. Okay. Nothing about the bubble. Um, I don't want to say nothing, but a, a lot of it isn't changing what I think. Like, for example... TJ Warren, I don't think TJ Warren is an elite scorer now because he just killed the bubble. You know what I'm saying? Like TJ Warren was averaging damn near 40 in a bubble. So you're you not know? so you're not moving off your priors for a no, lot of this. I'm not. Okay. TJ Warren is still who TJ Warren is pre-bubble in my mind. Because he's borderline all-star in the bubble, right? In the bubble. Not even borderline. He's a super <laughs> all-star starter in the bubble. He played different. No fans, family, you know what I mean? Like KCP, I believe KCP said he chose to not have his family there because he, he was trying to be locked in and he didn't want the kids to be a distraction for him. So like you have that type of thing. And then some players shit the bed because they were uncomfortable. It's a new thing. Like I don't give players excuses. 
But I was telling somebody this year, Paul George in the playoffs was absolutely disappointing. But I'm going to give him the excuse because the bubble is something we've never seen. Maybe he did get affected by not having his wife there for 90 days and not knowing what his daughters were doing. Maybe the, the pandemic was having people paranoid and depressed. It's real. It's a real possibility because the bubble is just so weird and different. So I can't take into consideration a lot of the stuff that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if Bubble Murray stays Bubble Murray, he's an MVP candidate for a whole exactly. season. Exactly. He's, he's he, a candidate. He might win it the way he played Donovan Mitchell, too. Uh, Devin Booker. You know what I mean? Like, guys, and, you know, I think Devin Booker is a little bit more closer. He does what he did in the bubble. I just think that it put it on a platform. But Murray and Mitchell kind of went crazy. They kind of went cuckoo. Yeah, and I think Jokic, the, the the weight loss was more the effect on his game than the – I mean, he was always great, obviously, but I think that gave him a little bit of burst. So I think that was more real, that that leap for him. You know, like, Yeah, I, I was – we were so interested, me and my guys, to see how he would respond because, you know, Kevin Love lost that weight and kind of played different. He was just like not – not, we didn't see Kevin Love get 30 rebounds after he lost the weight. He wasn't – that was a part of his, you know, box out. His strength was rebounding. So um, – yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, I would really love if we had, like, 15 GMs in this call to really ask, like, how many of them are really taking those things into consideration. Yeah, I think a lot of them aren't moving off their priors until they see it for all season. That's what I think for most you of them. Yeah, I have to, right? Yeah, yeah. Jokic or AD as an offensive player? Oh, Anthony Davis. I think and, it's I, close. and I love Jokic because I, I'm, I'm into the whole point four thing. But when it's Anthony Davis, I, that's just something different. It's a cheat code. John Moran, John Moran or Trey Young, building your franchise. John Moran. I'm with you on that one. I, I, I do think Trey Young has MVP qualities. Oh yeah, um, but he's yeah, gonna be, he's going to be more of not and not saying this in a bad way. He's going to be more of a stat stuffer than Ja, and I think has a better chance to win multiple MVPs than Ja, who I'm building around to win a championship. John Morant. John Morant. Would you take Beal over? Would you take Beal over Trey for a championship? Well, not to – might not be to build around, though. But. No, I'm building around Trey before Beal. I like Beal as kind of like – no disrespect to Beal, but a complimentary player. I like, don't know how I build a championship team around Beal. Can't yeah. see it. Yeah, but I think on defense, I mean, it would be a lot easier to build around Beal than Trey. Like You think would, so? Well – as I mean, Beal is not a weak link at all. Trey is. I'm just talking about right. defense, defensive. But purposes. what Atlanta is doing, and what I think they should continue to do, is they're getting those wings who can play deep. So you have Hunter, you have Reddish, and they have the six pick now. And I think you should go for a Coro, Vassell, any of those high upside defensive three and D wings. I think they should just stock up on them. Shit, go try to sign Jeremy Grant if you can. Just stock, 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 stock. And, you know, and we have defense, so we'll kind of, quote, unquote, be able to hide them. But you're right. I mean, Trey Young is kind of like how Steph Curry was with the Warriors, but even, like, to a lesser degree. So it's going to be interesting. But I think they have, a, they have a bright future out there if they do it right. If they do it right, they can do some things in Atlanta. Pierre, who's been interesting you in the draft? Anything new or it's been, like, the same stuff for you? It's, it has been new. Um, I don't know if you saw the video, but um, – Devin Vassell is shot. What is that? Did you see the video? Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, man. It, it's disappointing because he was a guy that I really liked. And I think his the shot. The way you acted like it's over, the way you're talking now. 
I mean, I, I like I, this is how this is kind of and it's not the same thing, but like the Markel situation, like they kept trying to mess with the shot. And I know he had something wrong with his shoulder, but then you just let the shoulder heal, right? Like we're not we're not trying to fix the shot. We're just letting you heal. But like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't care. How, I was a guy that said, Lonzo, don't change your shot. I like the change, though, Pierre. I do, too. But yeah. initially, when he was in L.A., before we saw the change, and it was just talks of, like, would he change or would he be willing to, I was like, let the kid shoot the ball how he shoots it. Because I don't care if you kick it in there. If it goes in and it's comfortable for you, do it. Because it's just – it's so hard at this age to change somebody's shot. And they didn't change Lonzo's shot. They tweaked it. Tweaking and changing is different. They moved it over a little bit. Just a tad. It's not, a but you know what, though? The step back isn't as lethal anymore because he's not, like, right in that – yeah. His step back was ridiculous. Yo, because it came right to that opposite <laughs> he, side. He knew it was coming and it worked. And yeah, it was it was it was nice. Um, but Lonzo's been working on his floaters and his attacking the rim and free throw game. So that's was- yo, that is the thing that so many players could improve on. It's called second box scoring, not all the way at the rim, but mm. still like in the layup area. That could change players' game. And I think Anthony Edwards could really work on that, you know. I think he but, could too. Yeah, but speaking of shot form. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton's shot is looking like, I, first of all, I know people that have been in the gym with him and they say like, he's not missing, but the way it looks, it looks like crazy though. Like the, I like it. I, I like it, but it is so different. It, it is. is. Um, and then, it, and know. it even looks more different now, but here's another thing. If you noticed in college, he caught, when he was wide open, he would take long, but off the dribble, it was pretty quick. He's still doing the same thing. It's yeah. funny to him in a workout, and he's doing the same thing. They're catching, shooting, and he's like, you know his shot, whatever. Yeah. He's off the dribble, and it's just, like, crazy different, and he's still there. And I think that is kind of just, like, weird because, you know, like, I grew up and was taught um, by my dad, and that was not – like, you shoot the ball the same no matter what. Like, it's kind of similar. So that was that is really weird, and I still like him. Um, hell, I like him a little bit more because it's, he's really like doubling down. Like this is, I it works for me. It works for me. You know what I mean? I was scared that he would go into the workouts or we would see footage, and it's like, nah, that ain't that ain't was that ain't was popping. But they're talking about him having some of the similarities to Lonzo as far as like it's gonna be hard for him to be in a pick and roll offense, finishing at the rim. But I still think he's very safe for some reason. I like him a lot, man. I really like Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, I like him a lot. And you're right. That's what we did learn in America. But when I first started going overseas, you would see like the the point guards, the native point guards, when they were wide open, they would just wait as long as they wanted and just. We still see that now. I remember me and you had the conversation where like yeah. Ginobili, I yeah. used to be like, there's no way he's getting it off. And it would be splash. Because it would be a lot quicker when he needed it to be quicker. We, when we talk, whether it's on live or future podcasts, we got to talk about more of your time overseas. I got to start asking you questions on here because I, I have no that I've never been overseas, never been near overseas. Do you, wa- do you, I, wa- do you watch occasionally do you- when I have to, or if like if like so like right now, Mike James plays over there. I like Mike James, so like if I want to watch Mike James, I watch. But I, I won't lie to you, like I'm just kicking up, laying down across the couch, flipping through Euro. It's it's very hard to watch. Number one live it's hard to watch because yeah, well, it's different times yeah it's a different time so like even in the olympics like i would i would i would wake up at like five o'clock in the morning to, to watch the game but no i don't watch it um probably as much as i should because i love the way that they play basketball i yeah. love Jokic, i love Przingis, i love luca 
Um, I, I love Gallinari. I just love the way that they play. And I, I hate to say they as if they're like some different species, <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, the game, the way that they play is nice. Do you think this year's European prospects are going to be helped by the phenomenon of Luca? Like maybe they'll go even – we'll go opposite. We can't miss on this guy now because, you know, that's how trends are. There's Ooh, tipping points. Right. There's tipping – like people are gonna be people are gonna be scared to pass on Denny now, I think. And Denny is not the prospect that Luca was. Like Luca was a Euroleague MVP. I don't think people really understood what that meant in America. Like Euroleague is high, high level. So it's gonna You're be. You're absolutely right. There's yeah. a guy, I don't I, you, I'm sure you know the name. Uh Alexei Pokashev. Yeah. Seven foot point guard, right? The, they don't want to miss him. They nobody wants nobody wants to be the team that passes on him. So that guy is going to go a lot higher than he probably has been talked about because I feel like nobody's going to want to pass him. Well, I why think- not? Take, well, I think this is a good this is a good draft to take a risk, right? Because there's you know what I mean. I agree with you. Um, for certain teams, though, I still okay. think like the Knicks. Like I would love for us to kind of take a risk, but I don't think we we can. Especially like with this is the first time this new management is going to be drafting. They're going to play as safe as they can. Who do you th- who do you think is realistic pick for them? Like uh, who they who they who they could get at that spot? When you say realistic, it changes the entire conversation because I would love a guy like Killian Hayes, but realistically, at but eight, that's if they don't get your guy Fred. Which is hard because the draft comes before free agency. So it's like, do we not pick? a point guard because we think we're going to get Fred. And then here we are. We'll be, we'll be the franchise that don't pick a point guard that we want because we think we're going to go get Fred. And then Fred goes back into Toronto. Yeah. I guess it matters what Fred is telling them. Right. Yeah. And knowing Fred, he's not going to say much. He's going to keep his cards close to his chest because he wants his bag Bet on yourself. That's his entire brand. Uh, but realistically, you know, I think Devin Vassell is definitely going to be in the conversation because he he would compliment on paper. I don't know, as long as the shot is working. <laughs> on paper, 3 and D, he would compliment RJ and Mitch. Uh, you look at a guy like Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. If you want RJ, if, if Tyrese Halliburton can't be the pick and roll point guard or whatever, if you want RJ to be ball in his hands, aggressive type point combo guard that a lot of people see him as, you could put Tyrese next to him as like a two type catch and shoot off of him. I think he compliments him. And 99th, gonna... 99th percentile on spot up shooting in the NCAA. 99 percent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He could, he could play off the ball if, if they don't want him to be on the ball. I know he shot like 49% on, on catching or uh, off the ball, but 1999 percentile is ridiculous. Yeah. He would compliment. Yeah. And then there's a guy, Patrick Williams, that um that's Florida a spot State. up shooting, I think. Spot up shooting, yep. Spot yeah. up, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh Patrick Williams would be a guy that I would like to see us take a risk on if we were gonna take a risk. Yeah. Out of uh Florida State. So it's hard to say, man. It, it's it's really hard to say. How about you? Who you liking? Yeah, besides Halliburton, because that's your guy for sure. Number one, yeah. okay. I, let me react that question. Okay. Who are you liking? And who's a guy that you liked? But you're falling back on. You may have, you may not like as much as you did two months ago. Man, nobody's uh, going to say that. Nobody wants to talk about guys that they're not high on anymore for some reason. Well, I think that there's a lot of intel issues with Cole Anthony. I was never the highest on him, but I think there's a lot of they're saying things, and I don't know. He's actually a New York guy. I don't know him personally. But I hear there's like intel issues with him. 
So he might he slip. Does. You know, I always want to see New York guys do good, but we'll see what happens with that. Attitude stuff, right? Is that what you're hitting at? Yeah, that's what I, I hear. I heard the same stuff, yeah. Yeah, I th- and you know what the crazy thing is, is that that's really the only way you could slip right now, right? If there's an intel issue, we're not seeing people play games. There's no combine. Either that, I guess, if you do really bad in workouts, right? Like, those but are the only two ways. This draft is so crazy because, like, yeah, it's been, like, seven months. These guys could guys could have drastically gotten better since we last seen them. Like Tyra There will be guys like that. He's grown. Tyro Terry has grown and put on 20 pounds of muscle. He doesn't look like the footage that these guys are watching. They have the skinny point guard who's just shooting. He's like husky and an inch bigger. He's dunking the ball harder. And Tyrese looks a little bit stronger, right? From the workouts. He looks, he looks about the same, but I mean, I I would guess that he puts on pounds, but I don't know if he put on 20 pounds of muscle like Tyro Terry. That's a body to put on. Yeah, so, so your point at that, you know, at that age, I mean, your listeners are at that age and at any level, even if they're not NBA prospect, you could improve so much in one year or mm-hmm. in six months at that age. Yeah, I'm sure real. you, I'm sure there's fans that you might follow on Instagram that you're like, the kids yeah, 19, he, now. What? Yeah. <laughs> they he, they, now. <laughs> you must be like, maybe you didn't catch him in six months. You see a video, your, your brother. I mean, I know he's not 19, but I watch a video. Right. He looks totally different than six months ago. Yes. 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 You know? So, but yeah, but you know, I'm really high. I mean, I'm still really high on Anthony Edwards. I just think it's like a keep it simple kind of thing with him. Like, just watch him. Like, he's just good. What would you like to see him go? Like, forget where, forget where, where teams are picking. Who on paper would he go to and be the best with? Forget who picks where, but just like, who would he go to? And it's like, perfect. Yeah, that's, that's the tough thing because you want to see how well he could do off the ball. Like, I don't know if, any of these teams are just going to give him the basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So I like Minnesota. I, I think Minnesota is kind of one of the safest things because yeah, him because because you know what? There's no great fit for Minnesota. Like James Wiseman is the perfect fit for the Warriors. I don't see any prospect being the perfect fit for Minnesota. <laughs> do you? <laughs> We're just so crazy because they need yeah. Because if you get Obi Toppin, then it's like where's the defense? You get Anthony Edwards, you still need you still need defense and you need a four. Uh, you, you trade down and you get, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, Denny. You, then you still would need wings. I, I mean, I don't, yeah. That, you think you think, De- you think Denny will help teams right away too? I think Minnesota needs, I think Anthony Edwards has a better chance to help a team right away than Denny, me personally. Without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, wait, I'll say it depends on the team. I think. Um, you know what, Denny, you know, Denny might be good with the Warriors. I can see Denny with the Warriors. Warriors, Hawks, Chicago, right away he helped. Now, if you're to, or he may even, because I'm like you, I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm liking John Wall and I'm, I'm liking that he's going to return. Denny could maybe fit in in Washington, but like if Denny goes to Cleveland, eh. I, honestly, I don't think that's good for Denny. Right. Because I don't it's like, like that for- Sexton, Garland, like it's just so. Mysterious. What are they? What are, what are they doing with those two? That's like a. I'll tell I you know. what I would do. What, what, what this is my pitch to be. I, you got you you got the connects. You got the big. You know you got the people that matter that watch your show. Maybe I can get a GM job when people hear what I'm thinking. <laughs> we start Garland at the one. Kevin Porter Jr. is our two. Colin Sexton is going to be an elite six-man. Pistons also a team. Then he goes to, and he's probably not helping right away. But what's one on a Detroit? Yeah, yeah. 
I yeah, I think I I really think he's actually he seems like the guy that like situation in the beginning could change his whole career. Like mm-hmm. if he just went to the Warriors and they went deep in the playoffs and won, and then his value's really high, and then he gets confidence and yeah, he's just a great player. But if you put him on the Cavs, I don't like that for him. I don't like that for him. Cavs, I don't like for him. Hornets at three, I wouldn't like for him. Hornets at three, I don't really think I like for anybody except James Wiseman. Like they had, they 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 just give them a center and he can. What just- do you think? What do you think about picking a big in the modern? In the modern um, if it ain't Anthony Davis, if it ain't uh, uh Porzingis unicorn, if it ain't. But we don't know, right? We don't know till they get there. I can I, I I'm gonna just go off what I see. I don't yeah. think James Wiseman is like a unicorn, and that I felt like we haven't seen enough. That is another thing as well. Yeah, and I and, and I guess we'll never see enough unless he goes to a team like the Hornets. If he goes to like what you said, the perfect fit would be the Warriors. We would definitely not. He, he's going to be like rim. He would be Mitchell Robinson. They're going to rim run and, and rim protect. He wouldn't have the the uh, the the leash of. Is he going is he a better passer than Mitchell Robinson? He is right. We haven't seen enough. I, yeah. I don't even feel confident to say that, you know? Yeah. I, I would probably be a little bit more confident in his potential to shoot it more than Mitchell Robinson. You but, see Mitchell um, in the in the, in the the yes. social media videos, though, right? Yes. And Thibodeau said he's fine with it. He's not going to limit it. So I'm cool with it. Um, sleeper pick from you. From me? I'll go with uh, Sadiq Bey. I just actually dropped the pod at uh, – we talked about that a little bit on the latest, but yeah, three and D, strong college experience. Not a lot of people are talking about him. How about you? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna give you two. Uh, Tyrell Terry, and I, I'm I'm gonna ride with the uh, Alexei Pokashevsky. I'm gonna just say like, if I was a GM and a team, we're we're taking him, and we're just taking that risk. Is is Tyrese a sleeper? Halliburton? Yeah. Hell no. People don't people no people like look at him like and they say he's too skinny and this isn't gonna work. I think uh, it, they start going, they start like man, this is oh man. There's like these like uh these all these everybody's a draft expert now anyway. And, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> on, oddball creation. He doesn't have primary on ball creation. And uh, I think that's a I think that's a that's a, a IG live or a whole nother this guy's podcast. a hooper, bro. I just think he, I I just think he's a hooper. You know we, what I mean? need to, we need to have that conversation, though. Like, I don't want to talk to anybody who was not like my right hand guy, my mom, who's upstairs, my dad, who you've seen on my brother's account. They'll tell you, Pierre, at seven years old, was watching a LeBron James draft class happen. And I had a pen and a pad writing every name. I've all like I've, I've been in this my entire life. So, yeah, you're right. It frustrates me when everybody's an expert now. Yeah, but yeah. Some of it they say, like you just said, on ball creation. I've like when you go back to three years ago, I've, I didn't hear that for any prospect, whether they had it or didn't. Like, where is this coming from? There's nuance to everything. Like any, like what works for somebody might not work for somebody else. Like, there's some things you just can't explain. And, and it's really, it really bothers me when it's like from the negative side. Like, this guy can't do this because of this, this, and this. Like, he's put into this box. But then I just watch the guy play, and he he could just hoop. I yeah, could, I, could, I, like, I, think, I think that's Tyrese could just hoop. Yeah, but I think that's you being a hooper, knowing that too, which is why I think a lot of organizations like to have people that have played the game at some type of level be around. Um, but yeah, I, and then that's also a weird ass thing to say is what a person can do because how many guys in the NBA are prospering right now and there's a bunch of things they can't do. 
Robert Covington is one of the most highly coveted three and D guys. And there's a, there's a laundry list of things he can't do, but he still has value. Oh, he's the most, he's the, he's the most valuable, not the most, but you know what I mean? And <laughs> like, I can like, name several like he's, things he can't do. Yeah. But you know, it, it's like the Danny green thing. Like he just fits the NBA perfectly. I'm not, I know Danny green didn't have a great series, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like these guys just fit the NBA perfectly. You know, what's your theory on uh, four year players? Yeah, that's tough because, you know, they kind of hold it against you. Uh, but, I mean, if the guy could play, the guy could play. Like, Cassius Winston's going to have a good NBA career, right? I, I I would be a fool to not think so. I mean, when you look at the trend of Fred Van Fleet, four-year guy, he's about to get a bag. Draymond Green is a champion defensive player of the year, four-year player. Uh, my cousin, Phoenix Sun guard J- Javon Carter, four-year guy, second-round pick. He's doing his – he did his thing in a bubble. Um, who else is some four-year guy? Devontae Graham for the Hornets, four-year guy. Like, the narrative on these four-year guys has to change. Like you said, it comes down to it, who can hoop and who can't. And yeah. we see guys like, you know, like, uh, I hate putting out names, but, I mean, there's so many young guys who are just drafted on strictly potential, which I understand but at some point, how many L's are you going to take on potential when there's guys right there that you know can hoop? And I like four of your guys because they can come in and contribute kind of right away. So I think like the old, I think a lot of people from the older mentality feel like the NBA isn't as good because it's more development now. It's not as much of a man's league. Like, do you, do you believe that to be the case? Like, would you agree with that? <sighs> I'm 50-50 on it. Like, I can see why people would say that. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think the game... Yeah, I guess I would agree. The game, but my term is like, what me and my dad say is the game is watered down because you have so many guys that don't know simple basketball skill level things that they probably should know as NBA professionals because it's just getting low. The age is getting lower and lower where guys are just coming out. And then also the AAU circuit isn't like, that's the big phenomenon. Like in my day and age growing up, like as a kid, the AAU wasn't like as big as it is now. Like it's super big. It's yeah, damn yeah. near necessary. Like my little brother is playing, you know, regularly was pandemic now, but before he was playing games almost every day. So, so there now- was there was like your brother's age group. It's less like, cause you used to be able to see when I was a kid, like dudes that were good playing in the park and in street tournaments. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like it's less of that now and more everything's like monetized and a, like there yep. was obviously AAU when I was a kid, obviously. Like, and it was yeah. good. And they had the ABCD camps. And yeah, yeah like, of course, of course. Yeah. Like, like we, I went but to it just feels like, like now, it's like you said, it's monetized, it's a business, and it's not about player development. It's just a platform. Let's just put guys on a platform and we can get it. the word, the perfect word is exposure. They throw that word around. It's just for exposure. But so it's like, I can see why some guys, and we see it all the time where he's the best high school basketball player and he goes to like Duke or Kentucky and he has to stay three years. And it's because he couldn't do simple shit. Coach K and Calipari was like, yo, you can't do that. I, you, I thought you were going to be able to do it. And it's like, nah. And it's because they, they aren't, they're not being developed. It's just like exposure. We got like, what? Uh, I think second, fourth graders are being ranked. Are you serious? How can I get? Yeah. Do you feel that hurts the mentality of the kid as well? Because yes. they're, wor- they're more worried about getting exposure than actually getting better at the game. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, you know, rankings, Instagram followers, being on uh, overtime and ball is life. It's, it's, it, I get it. 
because exposure definitely, you know, it's a pro and it's a con, but the con is, yeah, you got guys who get complacent early and won't work on their game. You got guys that are cocky as hell and they don't realize that you're a fourth grader who's five, three, you could grow four more inches and be five, seven. That's not going to be good for you. So I think it's just, we need to develop. And I think that's what they do like kind of overseas. We didn't really hear Luca's name until it was damn near ready for him to get to the NBA. You know right. what I mean? Like, we don't hear, like, Denny Avagia, like, I just found his name out, like, a year ago. I didn't know him five years ago when he was 12. But now, you could go Google Jason Tatum videos, and he's literally a baby out there. You know what I mean? Like, literally, 11-year-old Jason Tatum on some YouTube channel, the next guy in 2017, he's going to be the guy. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, good. at least it didn't hurt his development, right? No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we have we have some guys that do pan out, but then you look across the league, and it's so many names that me and you could probably discuss right now that you heard about. It's like, what happened to him? Yeah, like all the ball is life highlight guys that we used to see full videos on. Right? You know, a kill car. Yeah. Man, yeah, he was tough. He he was small though. It was it was tough for the league at that height, but he was tough though. Seven Woods. Yeah, and he's a good player. I just don't know the if UFC. he's. A- yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good player. But, like, they were talking about these guys are the next this, next that. You know, one of my favorites of all time, Austin Rivers. Like, when I was in high school, Austin Rivers was the man. I used to watch his his highlights before my games. But this takes us back to the other conversation. I was just having this. Like, I'm not even the biggest proponent of Austin Rivers' game. I wouldn't even say I like his game, but I won't call him the B-word, though. Because I, I was just having this argument with my friend. Great player, plays overseas. But he was like, Austin Rivers is the B-word. I'm like, he's not, bro. He's not he's the B-word. He's a serviceable NBA player, man. Serviceable NBA player. I think so, that- his, so his thing is, my boy shouts to Manny, his thing is basically if you're like a top, you know, if you're a lottery pick and you don't become almost like a star, he, he I, I would have to let him, like, I don't want to speak for him, but that's his thing. Like, he thinks Lonzo's the B-word. He thinks Austin Rivers is the B-word, but I just don't agree with it. Yeah, I can't. And because, Lonzo's too young. Like you can't. There's no way you could call. Yeah, him. then they, yeah, we give guys like two years to show us they have, they have to be Luca. Like they exactly. second year you have to be MVP candidate or you no, he's not it. Like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at and yeah, I mean, like I said, when I was younger, I get it because like I remember literally watching the LeBron James draft. Like I can remember, I have a LeBron James holographic card over here on of that draft day like i remember it and you must have that must be some shekels right now that card right it's got to be worth a few shekels combo it's worth nothing which is unbelievable to me why how is that card worth nothing i have no idea do you tell me i don't know like i yeah i I got (laughs) looked it up like a year or two ago and it was worth nothing and it kind of broke my heart because i was like wait i have this rookie lebron james the draft suit with the the ball holographic and it's worth nothing i was like what um but yeah, like that draft class is him, Wade, Bosch. It's hall. It's like Hall of Famers. Now we're lucky to get like serviceable players. Yeah, <laughs> Pierre, man, this was great, man. This was a great conversation. You know, you're always welcome back on the show. We got to do this. You know, this is my. This is our time right now. This is our, listen, when, the se- when the season isn't on. That's our time, man. It's on you. We can do this once a week. We can start a Friday night, when that, whatever night. I'm always available and down to talk to anybody that's going to be as, as insightful as you. We have some of the best predictions. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the I guys think- I do the, the podcast with, they're, um, they're not really into the college basketball. So our draft talk is limited there. So 
You got to get them on it, man. You're, you're the, you're the, I've told them. I told, I put pressure on my guys. Wait, you are the, you are the big bro of that pod. Yes, I am. You have to tell them, man. I put the pressure, the pressure is on the the last podcast. I definitely put the pressure on air, but now we just have to see how they respond to it because the time is ticking. November 18th is coming. So, so are you guys talking more, uh, non-basketball topics now is that what you guys are going to do no we're still we'll still talk about like tomorrow morning we'll, we'll record and that's going to be star studded because uh lou ty lou got the job yeah. uh maury's fired what happened with harden uh some other stuff happened like uh kcp is interested the hawks are interested in him the white might leave because golden state has interest in him so i think topics. there's a, i think there's interest in rondo too you guys could talk about that i think, I think that too yeah yeah um and then you know chris paul potentially could be traded to, to la so there's some that's topics true. Uh, so we, we, we'll discuss topics when they're available and then we'll have our own, like we use this time to like rank players. That's cool. Right? I like that. Anything like that. our fan base wants to hear. So I know you guys get a lot of, uh, a lot of pushback on all the rankings. Cause li- first of all, let me ask you this. So I want to get back to my list before you get out of here. There's no list where you wouldn't get a lot of backlash, right? There's no top five list. There's not one combination of players that you wouldn't get a lot of backlash, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Unless... No, you're right. Because yeah, we 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 do rankings every year and it's mostly in the off season because fans want us to do it in the middle of the season. It's like we have so much to talk about. Why would we spend an episode ranking these players when like th- there's drama going on? Maybe like, maybe you should do one midseason ranking. I think that'd be cool. That would that would be nice because we do a preseason one, so you would see how it translated to the mid and then how it ended. So and who I, and also you guys can make the list before and then see how it looks in the middle. One thing we haven't done is an all-time. That's what they want. They really want the all. We have not touched yeah. an all-time list. I kind of know how yours will look, but I still want to see it on paper, man. I, you, you know, know that, what? That, I want that you to be play. off the top of the dome. My five I gave you today is off the top of the dome. Now, if I'm sitting down, because you probably sat down and really thought about what you was going to put there, right? Actually, I, I'm not even going to. That's just what I thought, bro. I didn't. I didn't. Oh. I didn't go. I didn't go to the data. I mean, I've looked at all these players like enough, but nah, not, not super crazy to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I think that makes I, that's why I like it like that too because it just makes you like answer because yeah like we we we're two guys who are into basketball so much that we should just be able to talk we shouldn't have to wait combos my fifth uh, it's a game yeah. his, oh. his his true shooting percentages well yeah well well true shooting percentages were a little <laughs> off in nineteen seventy two. <laughs> yeah, we should we should have to do it like that. So I think it's better to just flow anyway than to kind of because we'll put ourselves in a position to where we overthink it. But um, most definitely, most definitely, def- we definitely got to do this once a week. It's the ball is in your court. You just tell me when I'll be there, and um, we, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll skyrocket. We we got I think we got some of the best takes because definitely. even when our takes are wrong, they're reasonable, and I'm I'm that's what I think a take should be. It's like, oh, I don't think like when uh. Ryan Hollins was saying like uh, Giannis is something, and it was kind of like he's the MVP. Like, come on! Somebody said today they were like, "Is Anthony Edwards? Is he just another Wiggins?" I'm like, "Is Wiggins that bad?" That's what I'm thinking. Like, you're like what? I was just having a conversation. I don't remember with who. Maybe I was just on live, but like, yeah, this Andrew Wiggins is kind of crazy. He's a good player to me. Yeah, he's a good – I'm like, is that – I mean, I think Anthony Edwards has a chance to be better, but I'm not like I, – I, I don't think I don't think that's a diss. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think Wick is a good player to me. Yeah, me too. Pierre, where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Uh, Instagram, Pee Wee the Plug, H-O-H. 
Twitter, Pee Wee the Plug combos. We got to keep you on Twitter. I'll be seeing you here and there. We yeah, gotta my tw- I got to be more consistent. You've gotten better, though. You've gotten better. I've gotten better, yeah. Yeah. Some of the stuff you say get people, like, at you, too. Oh, like, my li- trust me. My list got a lot of – they were getting crazy on me today. You put Yo, you put that list on Twitter? Nah, should I? Yeah. So you put it on Twitter. You do a little – yeah, if I see you put that list on Twitter, I'm going to retweet it, get some people at you. Pierre, talk- wait, where can we find you, though? Where? Oh, you said it already, right? I said it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay. Twitter, uh, Pee Wee the Plug, and then uh, Instagram, Pee Wee the Plug, H-O-H. Uh, but through the wire, through the it. wire, they can find you on through the wire. Yeah, through the wire on YouTube, Tuesdays and Saturdays, they'll they'll see me GM a team one day. That's what that that's that's what I'm talking about, P. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm gonna Talk get you on there. You're gonna be my scout, my leading scout. Anytime, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Me and Baby Combo, we'll be watching the we watch the competition. Talk soon, yeah, bro. bro. <laughs> All right, bro. Take care. Later. Yes, sir. There it is. Another episode of Combo's Court is in the books. Big shouts to Pierre for joining in. We appreciate you and thank you to everyone who listens to Combo's Court across the globe. Let me know that you listen to this episode in its entirety by dropping your top five players of all time list right in the comments section of your Apple podcast app. Rate and review wherever you listen to Combo's Court and share this episode with a friend. We here at Combo's Court would greatly appreciate it. Be on the lookout for episode 208. Combo out.